for the women of the world. This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's run back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy, and therefore wealthy, to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit. My name is Treesong. As you may have already noticed, Or is not at the controls today. Uh, he has flown south for the winter. <laughs> no, he's actually driving uh, on a vacation. Um, and he'll be back, I believe, next week. I guess it depends on how exciting the vacation is. Um, in the meantime, though, we have our usual mix of uh, news and happenings. First, I'd like to mention that song we started off with. That was called Circle of Stone. Um, song Circle of Stone by Laura Powers from the Legends of the Goddess CD. I decided to pick that one today because uh, uh, we're still pretty close after the solstice and it's a song about Stonehenge and Stonehenge is associated with the winter solstice. So it's, you know, it's a nice sunshiny day out imagining, you know, what it must have been like out at Stonehenge a couple of days ago back when the solstice happened. And also I like the song so I thought I'd share it. So we have our happenings and news. Um, we actually didn't get that many happenings for today. I guess people are still hibernating a little bit because of the winter weather. Um, if you would like to send happenings our way, though, um, you can email them to me. My email address is treesong at treesong.org. Uh, if you send those my way, we'll try to get them on the air. Um, and it helps especially if you put the word radio in the title so that um, I almost always, before the show, go and see if there are any specifically addressed to the radio show. Uh, otherwise, during the busier times of year, they may get lost in the, hap the other happenings. So let's see. We've got several uh, bits of happening in the news to go to. Um, but our only happening for the day is uh, the one of the happenings we have almost every week here at uh, Your Community Spirit, and that's big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. Yes, they have uh, regular film showings over at the Big Muddy IMC, uh, which is located at 214 uh, North Washington, over in Carbondale here. And they always have something insightful, uh, informative, hopefully entertaining to show over there. So since, since our show also strives to be insightful and informative and entertaining, uh, we usually mention what's going on over there. And this week, I've been told that the film tonight is Sir No Sir, winner of numerous awards. This documentary tells the often forgotten story of the GI anti-war movement of the late 1960s and early 1970s. Now I know um, a lot of people who weren't around back then know that there was a, a civilian uh, anti-war movement, but a lot of them don't realize or haven't heard about that there was also a GI anti-war movement around that time. Resistance, uh, resistance to the Vietnam War within the military was a critical part of the anti-war movement at that time. Understanding this history is important for today's peace movement, and for all peace mo movements in its own way. So that's uh, coming up tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC. That's located at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Should be a good show.
listening to Your Community Spirit, and you're listening to WDBX 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. I'm very glad that WDBX exists. I've listened to it a few times this week, so excited to be a community radio here in your community. So, uh, as I mentioned, that's the one happening we had sent our way today. If you have more for the, the coming springtime excitement, that's sure to come our way pretty soon. Uh, you can email them to me at treesong at treesong.org. However, for, for better or worse, even with only one happening, there's more than enough eco-social news to fill dozens of half hours. <laughs> but we've only got about 20 minutes, so we'll see what we can do. Before I get into the latest news of the day, though, I wanted to finish up one of the ongoing uh, suspenseful uh, series we've had here at Your Community Spirit, and that is the five surprisingly effective all-natural aphrodisiacs that you probably have in your kitchen. So this has been a pretty fun list to explore. Um, all-natural foods in general, you know, fun thing, but when you can turn them into aphrodisiacs, uh, that's double your pleasure for the dollar. <laughs> So, just as a refresher, uh, ingredient number one was cornstarch. And although you can make some good meals with that, it was purely for the, the texture, the sensual feel of it rolling off of the skin. And ingredient number two was tomatoes, which are also known by some as the apples of love. Yeah, they, that was a fun one because it had both nutritional aspects that contributed to aphrodisiacs, and also just the, the sensation in the summer of like a fresh ripe tomato and eating that and how fun and juicy it is. Very exciting. So sexy ingredient number three, which sadly does not grow in our bioregion, but we do import it, it's avocados. Um, if, you've ever, if you've ever had a fresh avocado on a nice summer day, just the, it's so creamy and so delicious. You can understand how, independent of any of the health benefits, how it could be a sensual experience. So let's see. Ingredient number four was not at all surprising. It was chocolate. It's one of my personal favorites. And I actually, last time I recommended a book, it's called Naked Chocolate by David Wolf. It's a book that describes the history, the cultural uses, the medicinal properties, and the sensual properties of chocolate. Then once you've read all that history and exciting stuff, it has recipes for you. So um, I really like that book. Um, it guided me in the use of uh, raw chocolate in particular, but any chocolate aficionado will enjoy it. <laughs> so we've got cornstarch, tomatoes, avocado, and chocolate. They make an odd meal together, but independently, they all have their sensual uses. And now we have the, uh, the grand finale, Sex ingredient number five, buttermilk. <laughs> That's right, you probably never thought so looking at that package of buttermilk, but it is a very sensual experience. It's a popular ingredient in desserts for meals that call for a lush finale. So in other moments when you're looking for a lush finale, you could also call on it as well. Now this, I, I don't know about the suggestion. I think it's an interesting suggestion. I don't know if I'll personally try it. <laughs> they say, try a buttermilk shower. The wonderful feeling of cool buttermilk poured over the body can be enough to start an encore. For the non-kitchen savvy, we'll point out this important tip. Do not, under any circumstances, microwave or heat the buttermilk much above room temperature. Doing so will make it curdle. Speaking from experience, stinky clumps of curdled buttermilk is not the best way to put an end to the evening. It's more of a humorous end, 
which can be memorable too, but since we're speaking about romance here, leave the laughs for that special moment when you decide it's time to share your junior high school photos with each other. So that's once again for the sensual experience of it, the buttermilk shower. If anyone out there does try that, I'd be curious to hear how it goes. Because I, it sounds like a very, you know, sensual, enticing experience, but I've never tried it myself. So if you want to send your reports back from your use of these uh, uh, sexy ingredients, you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. Or if you have other suggestions of fun lists like this that we can share on here, you can also pass those along too, because we're always ready for a good life, especially when it involves something related to sensuality, one of my favorite topics. has certainly woken me up. How about you? Are you awake enough to hear the news? Now, sadly, most of this news is not as exciting as our all-natural aphrodisiacs, but it is at least as important, because it's all about, you know, saving the world, or watching as it spirals down the drain. <laughs> and hopefully we can figure out something to do about that. So we've got some news stories. Um, EPA, MIA, on Bay. About a three-letter words there. So the, a group says that Uncle Sam is failing to protect Chesapeake Bay. A new report out from the Chesapeake Bay Foundation says the EPA's unwillingness to enforce clean air and water standards is turning the huge estuary into a dead zone. Without tough action from the feds, the report concludes, current harvest will continue to decline, devastating an important industry and threatening others like tourism. And if you missed it over the weekend, the Washington Post ran a two-part series on the failed efforts to clean up the Chesapeake Bay. The gist, states and agencies tried to hide just how badly the cleanup effort was going in order to guarantee continued funding from the federal government. Straight to the source, Chesapeake Bay Foundation, Washington Post, and the Post Special Report. So it's unfortunate, Chesapeake Bay. Um, for those of you who are fans of Chesapeake Bay early, London in general, we want to keep an eye on that story.
in other news, I want to jump ahead to this one to be sure that uh, it doesn't slip through the cracks. Is this what they call clean coal? Massive coal ash spill in Tennessee threatens water supplies and public health. More than a billion gallons of coal ash have spilled from a coal-burning power plant in eastern Tennessee since December 22nd, when a retention wall at the plant burst. That's a billion with a B. You know, not a million, a billion gallons there, which is hard for people to wrap their minds around, but we'll scale that a bit. That's the amount of gunk that this spilled is a hundred times larger than the mess from the Exxon Valdez disaster. Grace Lodge has spread across 300 acres. Uh, actually, one of the other articles I read said it was 385 was their estimate. So over 300 acres, wiped out three homes, oozed into a tributary of the Tennessee River, and made a lot of local residents worried about their health and water supplies. Coal ash contains mercury and traces of heavy metals like arsenic and uranium. In the wake of the spill, high levels of arsenic have already been found in some rivers and wells near the spill site, though authorities insist that drinking water is still safe. Environmentalists are seizing the opportunity to point out that, quote, clean coal is an oxymoron. Straight to the source, the Chattanooga Associated Press, Chattanooga Times Free Press. Now, this article didn't mention this, but just to give a concept of the scale, um, a billion gallons, that's more than um, 1,500 Olympic-sized swimming pools, is what another article I read said. So if you've ever seen an Olympic-sized swimming pool, even on TV, that's one. And then you multiply that by over 1,000 and spread it out over 300 acres. That's what just happened. So, not a happy story, but we need to keep tabs on it so that we can... Uh, watch what's going on there, help with any cleanup efforts, and especially help to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Because I don't know if you've heard this story yet or seen the photos. If you go online and do searches for coal ash, you'll see some of the aftermath of this event. And it really isn't pretty. And that's not visually pretty, and knowing what it's doing to the land makes it even less so. fossil fuels, and sadly that's a transition we can make between a lot of our stories. <laughs> Speaking of fossil fuels, California drilling. California drilling on such a winter's day. SF Chronicle says Bush administration is racing to open the state's coasts. Uh, it's a race against the clock. The Interior Department is rushing to open up California's coast to offshore drilling exploration, the San Francisco Chronicle reported today. A move that could lead to oil derricks being built within three miles of the state's shoreline. Government estimates show there could be 10 billion barrels of oil off of California's entire coast, enough to power the United States for 17 months. But environmentalists note that could come at a high cost to the marine ecosystem. So trying to destroy marine ecosystem for 17 months worth of power. 
Sounds like a plan. Straight to the source, San Francisco Chronicle. So there's that for you. And in other news, let's see. Profit on the Burning Shore. California lawmakers set to take lead on environmental policy. Monday's Washington Post notes a fact that's been on many a green activist's mind in the past two months. California lawmakers are set to play key roles in setting the nation's environmental policies. The two congressional committees with the biggest say in the environment legislation are chaired by Californians, Barbara Boxer in the Senate, and Henry Waxman in the House. And President-elect Obama has already tapped Los Angeles Deputy Mayor Nancy Supley to run the White House Council on Environmental Quality. Oh, and don't forget Stephen Chu of UC Berkeley being tapped for Energy Secretary. From the Post, quote, One longtime Capitol Hill observer cautioned that although these Californians are in key positions to shape federal policy, they don't necessarily share a single California philosophy. Still, they have been shaped by experience in a state that has led the nation in regulatory policy. Straight to the source, the Washington Post. So hopefully, their, their California dreaming may be more along the lines of not destroying the planet. <laughs> we can only hope. other news, last auction here. That's not last action here, although he may be one of those too. Last auction here. Eco-activist bids up oil and gas leases at an auction. Now, I heard about this uh, right when the story broke over the holidays, and I just had to mention it, you know, because this is such a fun story for me. <laughs> at a federal auction for oil and gas leases in Utah last week, environmental activist Tim DeChristopher Christopher 
posed as a buyer, successfully bidding up the lease prices on BLM land by hundreds of thousands of dollars and winning 13 parcels that he admits he can't actually pay for. The BLM is giving the other real bidders 10 days to decide if they want to withdraw their bids on the parcels they won at inflated prices. Some bidders indicated they would likely hold on to their leases despite the increased price, since the incoming Obama administration may not offer the same leases again. Straight to the source, the Associated Press. Now, it's, it's just fun to... I haven't seen any actual footage from the auction. I don't know if footage exists. But it's fun to envision this eco-activist going there and pretending to be a bidder at the uh, oil resources auction and uh, raising the price of these public lands for the people who are privatizing them. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, well, I'll keep an eye out for more news stories on what happens to that guy. He's, he's actually in trouble for doing that, obviously. But uh, it's pretty exciting. You know, if they're going to get that, the public land, at least he's made them pay a pretty penny for it. Well, it looks like that's about all the time we have here at your community spirit. Um, I tried to end on a somewhat uh, upbeat and entertaining note there. It's sad that they did still sell those lands, but a uh, few of them didn't get sold, and he did raise the price of them. <laughs> so what daring to do, I think, is a good note to end on. So once again, this is Tree Song. If you have any happenings or news to send our way, you can email them to me uh, at treesong at treesong.org. Um, you can put the word radio in the title to be especially sure that I notice the exact purpose of your email. <laughs> and uh, or it should be back next week. Uh, if not, it should be the week after. He's off on his uh, vacation adventures, trying to get some sunshine in the midst of this cold winter. Um, so we'll see you again next week. Hopefully you can stay warm out there. Uh, no, it is still a little chilly out, but the sun is out, which always keeps me energized. So... Have a good day, have a good week, and we'll see you back here on the radio next week.